all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, assistant professor of pediatrics and internal medicine at UMMC. Today, we're going to talk about ways to keep our children safe. Um, In the wake of the tragedy last week in Nashville with the school shooting, uh, I thought it would be a good time to start bringing up some kind of heavy topics, particularly talking about gun safety, Uh, but then also wanted to get into a little bit about car safety, water safety, as it's starting to get warmer and kids are going to be outside more. Um, So I thought it'd be a good time to go on and talk about all of that. Um, As always, we're going to be taking your comments and questions, and we can talk about anything that you have any questions about. You can always send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. So, yeah, so in the wake of the awful tragedy last week with the school shooting at the elementary school in Nashville, I thought it would be a good time to address because the AAP has come out um, with a pretty strong stance about gun safety. They've they've always had a strong stance about it, but um, obviously with everything that's been in the news lately, uh, they've been a little bit more vocal than they have been in the past. Um, And so I was just going to kind of talk about some of that stuff, um, just some of their standpoints on that, and then just review some basic gun safety for our kids um, if they're going to have guns in the house. Because here in the South, it is very common to have guns in your house. Um, And so it is kind of a touchy little subject that we have between a lot of pediatricians down here in the South. Uh, Dr. Stewart always used to joke about when he would go to the um, the national AAP conferences, there was always a big divided line between the southern state pediatricians uh, versus the rest of the country uh, when it would come to this, when it came, when this topic came up. Because the, as southerners, a lot of people do have a pretty strong stance on guns. And, and the AAP is actually not saying to take the guns away. They just want a lot um, more regulations regarding gun safety. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and what you can't, <clears throat> excuse me, what you can do if you do have a gun in your home um, and to keep our kids safe. And then I wanted to talk about motor vehicle safety, too, and car safety. Uh, Just because car seats, there's always lots of questions about car seats. Um, There's been some new changes to the guidelines over the past few years. And so some people may not be familiar with it, especially if if you raised a kid and now you're having to take care of your grandchildren some and transport them. The rules are probably a little bit different than they were back when you raised your kids. So I'm uh, going to get into that too. Um, so I did try to find 
a few statistics uh, just to talk about uh, when it comes to guns and our children. And as you've probably seen on the news, because they have talked about this a, a fair amount, that deaths from guns or firearms is now the leading cause for death in our kids under the age of 18. So it used to be car accidents, but I think it said in 2017 is when that number took a turn. And that is actually the second leading cause. And guns is now the first leading cause of kids, I mean, of death in our kids and teens under the age of 18. Um, I honestly did not realize that uh, until I saw people talking about it on the news last week with uh, with the recent school shooting. So I'm, some of y'all out there may not have realized that as well. Uh, when it comes to guns, about one third of U.S. homes have guns in the house with children. And that puts about 4.6 million kids that live in the homes with guns that potentially are unlocked and loaded. So that's something that can be very concerning um, and scary when you think about it. Uh, so unintentional school sh- unintentional shootings happen to kids of all ages, but the likelihood of accidental death by shooting is four times higher if there is a gun in the home, which is kind of crazy. Um, and the reason I even brought this up, you know, like I said, the school shooting last week kind of got me thinking about it and just thinking about the violence related to guns, too. So here I am talking about it. It's just in your home. You can see the risk is fourfold higher um, from an accidental shooting. But with school shootings uh, since 1999, which is when the Columbine school shooting was um, 377 school shootings. And then in just 2022 alone, that's 46 school shootings happened. Um, I can remember, like, way back growing up, and I'm sure a lot of you remember, um, when they brought the gun to Pearl. And that was that's really my first memory of it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of y'all remember that, too, because it hit home because it was here in Mississippi. Um, and, then it, and then Columbine happened, uh, you know, just before in 99, just before 2000 started. And, and that was a big wake-up call to a lot of people, I feel like. And since then, we've seen it happen more and more. And, you know, these numbers that I'm giving you, a lot of these we don't even hear about because they're very – some of them are, are, you know, on a smaller scale uh, as opposed to some of the mass shootings that happen. And so that's why we may not always hear about it. But, yeah, last year there was a recorded 46 in, in 2022. So, again, the AAP has come out, and they definitely want stricter gun laws um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, today. I was trying to find my my sheet about their what their actual stance was about it. Okay, so they want uh, universal background check legislation, which I feel like most people are in agreement with and definitely want a little bit stricter regulation about that. They are also recommending to increase their research um, into gun violence prevention. And they also have a few different legislations they have promoted. um, And I don't know all the details about all of those, um, but essentially it is to temporarily remove some firearms if a person is deemed at high risk for harming themselves or others. And there are a few other things coming out too, but these are just some of the big things that they have pushed for with this, with the um, recent increase in school shootings. So I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit and going to talk a little bit about gun safety in the home because, 
you know, sometimes we feel like uh, the gun legislation may be something that uh, we can't necessarily get involved with because it's such a big scale thing. But these are um, things that you can do if you are a grandparent or a parent who do have a gun in the home, because like I said, it is a very common thing here in the South. Um, So what can we do to prevent to keep our kids safe? So first and foremost, hiding the gun is not enough. Um, And I think we can all agree that kids are curious. Kids are sly. They know what they're doing. They are very sneaky um, and they will find it. So just saying you're hiding the gun, um, it's not enough because they're going to find them. The other thing is, is it always needs to be locked and it needs to be unloaded. Um, And with regards to the unloaded part, you need to make sure that the ammunition and the gun are not stored together. Um, Because some of our sneaky kids, especially as they get a little bit older, can easily figure out how to put the ammunition in the gun. So keeping it stored safely and not just hidden. We want it stored safely and we want it stored unlocked, I mean, stored locked and unloaded with the ammunition stored in a different place. So gun safes have been proven to lower the risk of children being hurt with guns. So if you have the availability to have a gun safe, we know that that can definitely improve the outcomes. Uh, I don't I don't know much about guns. I'm going to be honest about it. My husband does because uh, he is a hunter, but I never grew up with them. So I honestly just don't know a lot about them. So when we got married, that was my first um, experience with a gun safe because we definitely have one of those in our house. And I know they can be pretty expensive and I know they can be extremely heavy. Moving his, it was it, like a four person job because it was so exp- so heavy. But we do know that those provide the most protection and the safest way to store the guns away from our children. So if you can and you have access to a gun safe and you have children living in your house, that is going to be the best thing you can do to keep it away. So we definitely want you to talk to your children, too, about gun safety. We want them to be aware that if they come across a gun, that they need to tell somebody immediately and to not touch it. However, we know that is not enough. So we definitely want you to talk. I'm not saying don't talk to them about it, um, but we want to make sure that we're doing some of these other protective measures, too, to help prevent our kids from any unintentional gun injuries. So make sure you're talking to your children Um, about the guns and they know what to do if they were to come across one. And then again, keep them in your gun safe, keep them stored locked and unloaded and make sure your ammunition is stored separately. Another thing to think about with gun safety, and we'll just talk quickly about this, but it's something if your child is going to another person's house, this is something that you want to talk to them about. You know, that's kind of something I never really thought much about um, until I was reading a lot about gun safety and just some different things to talk to your children about and family members about in the wake of everything that's been happening in our world lately. And, you know, you send your kids over to somebody's house to go play and you may ask them about, like, do they have any pets or what kind, you know, if your child has allergies, like food allergies, um, you'll talk about all that kind of stuff. But a lot of times we kind of shy away from the asking those questions. Or it may just be we didn't really think about that because that's me. I mean, I was kind of naive to it to even think about that. Um, But if you're sending your kid to go play with somebody or spend the night at somebody's house, it's definitely important that you want to make sure you at least 
broach that topic with them um, and ask them if they have a gun in their house. And if they do have a gun in their house, what are their safety measures that they're taking? Uh, Because you may have your child may be exposed to it in their own house, but you may be it may um, hopefully is going to be stored, um, locked and unloaded, and it's going to be in a gun safe. But your friend's house may not have the same situation. Um, So that's just something that you want to think about that, honestly, I had not thought much about um, until I started reading more about it. So um, if your child is going to go somewhere and stay with somebody, whether it be a friend or a family member, just something to think about and that you want to make sure you touch base with them about. This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about keeping our kids safe, and we are talking about gun safety right now, but we're also going to get into car safety and water safety and answering any questions that you may have. You can always send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. Um, so before the break, we were talking about uh, the importance of gun safety and just kind of how it's been a lot in the news here lately. And I kind of stressed a little bit of the points that the AAP has taken, which is stronger background checks, more research, and and also taking firearms out of the people's hands who could potentially harm themselves or others. Um, and then I'm talking a lot about just how to keep your kids safe at the your house if you do have guns, because I know um, the reality is, especially here in the South, uh, that lots of families have guns, and that's okay. We just need to make sure that we are talking to our kids about it, and we are doing everything we can to protect them. And so, like I said, if you have Uh, You know, if you're willing to share just some of your stories about how you've talked to your kids about gun safety or um, some things that you have found to be helpful for your kids or your grandkids education about gun safety, I would love to hear from you. Um, So just to go back to a few statistics in case some people are just tuning in. uh, But as of today, uh, we know that firearms or guns is now the leading cause of death for kids under age 18. It used to be, like I said, car wrecks, but now it is guns. And unintentional shootings can happen to kids of all ages, but we know if there is a gun in the home, the likelihood is increased four times. And so that's why we're talking a lot today about the importance of gun safety in your home. So we've talked a lot about the unintentional shootings and school shootings, um, but there's also a risk for suicide if there is a gun in the home. Um, So if there is a gun in the home, the suicide rate is actually four times higher um, for kids who have a gun in the home versus those who do not. Uh, So that's something to think about as well. Um, Nine out of ten suicides with guns, the victims got out of their own home or a relative's home. Um, For homicide that we also see, unfortunately, especially in our older kids and teens, the risk of homicide is three times higher if there are guns in the home. Uh, 58% of shooting deaths in kids and teens are related to homicides. That's over 50%, which is kind of crazy to me to think about. Um, When I think about a a child dying from a gun accident, I, you know, automatically just think of like an accident um, and, you know, not something intentional. But 58% are related to homicides, which is which is pretty crazy to think about. So um, so what we mentioned is that, you know, we definitely want you to talk to your kids about gun safety. We want to make sure that you have told them what to do if they were to find a gun in the house. 
However, we know that is not enough. And so we want to make sure that we are keeping those guns stored away, preferably in a gun safe, because that is going to be has been shown to be the safest place to make sure that you have stored your gun. Um, Can't just hide it. You want it to be locked away in a gun safe. And then even in the gun safe, you want to make sure that it's stored, locked, and unloaded, and preferably do not have the ammunition stored in the same place that the gun is. So just something to think about. The other thing that I had mentioned before the break, like I said, I had not thought much about it. Honestly, um, but if your kid is going to go to somebody's house, you want to make sure that you're talking to the person whose house they're going to about what their stance is on the guns and gun safety in their house. You want to ask them, do they have guns in the house? And if they do have guns in the house, what's their plan for keeping it stored? Um, where is it? You know, is it unlo- I mean, is it unloaded? Is it locked? All of those types of questions that we've been talking about. You want to make sure you talk to your your kids' friends and family members about that. Um, One other thing I wanted to talk about with relation to the guns before we move into car safety um, is how to talk to your kids about some of the tragedies that we are seeing on the TV. You know, I mentioned the um, the school shooting last week and how there were 46 school shootings last year. And since 1999, when the big Columbine school shooting happened, there have since been 377 school shootings. Uh, we don't hear about all of these, but a lot of them we do. Um, and unfortunately, we live in an age where we just can't avoid it sometimes. You know, when we were growing up, You had to get home and sit down in front of the TV to watch the news. Uh, You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have computers and the Internet. Um, You didn't have just this fast access to anything and everything at the tip of your fingertips like our kids do today. Um, So it was much easier, you know. 20 years ago to protect your children from some of these scenes. Whereas now it's just, it's everywhere. I mean, you know, you could be going to the grocery store or to Costco and they have the big TVs and there the news is playing on the TVs there at the Costco. I mean, you know, it's just just everywhere. Um, And so how do we get, how are we going to talk to our kids about this? How can we protect our kids from this? So that being said, most likely your child has heard about the tragedy, you know, so if they just just from existing, they have heard something about this tragedy. So it is our responsibility as parents and grandparents to make sure that we talk to them about this um, because we don't want them to internalize it too much where they can't feel like they can't discuss it with you. Um, But we also want to find that balance where we are protecting them too. So one of the things that they suggest when you're talking to your kids about some of these tragedies is to just ask them what they know. Because, again, they know something. They've heard something. They've seen it on the news. They may have seen it on the computer or on the Internet or heard their friends talking about it at school. Um, so they know something about it. So just go on and ask them, like, what do they know about it? Um, and they recommend, you know, not necessarily going into any, like, graphic details about it, um, but just to go in and talk to them about what happened um, and go in and say, you know, there were some children that were hurt and, you know, it happened and we want to talk about how that affected maybe their families and how maybe it makes the child feel about that. Um, one other thing that they suggested is that if your kid is going to watch the news, if they do like to watch TV with you and watch the news, is to try to record the news ahead of time so you can kind of filter what's going to be set shown. Uh, because some of the images and things that they show, uh, you may not want your kids to see. 
they're not going to show a ton of details, but I mean, the the police footage that was released from the school shooting last week, um, I feel like it was everywhere. I saw it on Twitter. I saw it um, on the news. It was like, it was all over everywhere. Um, and so your kid could have potentially been exposed to that. And that may not be something that you wanted your little child to see. Um, so you want to make sure that you're trying to filter through some of that stuff. So if you can, you know, watch what they're looking at on social media, I'm trying to be mindful of that. And then, like I said, maybe trying to record the news or at least watch the news together so that you could pause it and stop it um, if there was something that you saw that maybe you did not want your children to see. And, you know, depending on how old your kids are, you're going to tailor that discussion um, based off of how old they are. You know, there's some things that you can have a little bit more open discussion with your teenagers about as opposed to your five-year-old. Um, but regardless of the age, we do want to make sure that you're at least having some kind of open discussion with your kids about this. Because, again, we don't want them to just internalize it. We want them to be able to discuss it with you um, so that they can they can cope with it better. They know what they're how to handle it a little bit better because unfortunately this is a problem that I, I don't see stopping anytime soon. Um, hopefully we can at least slow it down, um, but it's probably not going to go away. And so it's something that we need to make sure that we're talking to them about. Um, so some things to look for that maybe your child is is having a little difficult time coping with this um, would be if they're having difficulty sleeping. Uh, so we see that sometimes when kids have gone through traumatic events or um, lots of stressful family situations. They'll definitely have some difficulty sleeping, may wake up with nightmares. Um, And again, that kind of goes back to some of that filtering what your kids see, um, watching their social media, Twitter videos, that type of things, um, because that can affect our kids, particularly with their with their sleep and nightmares. Um, so if they're seeing a lot of the violence and they're seeing a lot of those graphic images from the traumatic event on their phones or TVs, um, it could potentially cause some problems with nightmares and sleep problems. Um, you may notice some changes in behavior. So you may notice that they're a little more kind of aggressive with you with their language or it may be the total opposite that they just shut down. Um, that's another thing to look for, too. Um, Some kids just can't handle it, and they, instead of, like, being able to express their emotions, they just kind of start complaining of some random physical complaints. So um, they may talk about how they don't want to go to school because they have a headache or a tummy ache and that type of thing when they really are acting okay, and they don't look like they don't feel bad, um, but they are complaining about some, you know, physical complaints. That's another thing to think about. That may be that they're a little scared um, of what they have seen, and that's the way that they're showing it is true physical complaints. So just just some things to think about when you're trying to talk to your kids about some of these events. And especially, I, you know, I, my sister lives in Nashville. Um, we have family in Nashville. It's close to us. Um, and so you may be the same way, too. You may have um, some kind of connection to that school uh, where it happened. You know, it always is when it, it when it's closer to home, it just hits a little bit harder. And your kids may see that on you. Um, they may see that with the way that you're handling the situation or they may themselves have struggles with handling that situation. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that we address that because I feel like that's something important to make sure that we are talking talking to our children about. So sorry for the kind of heavy subject, but I, you know, I felt like that was something that probably needed to be addressed just with how much it's been in the news. And it's something important that we need to be talking to our kids about and to be thinking about as well. So 
This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. We are talking today about keeping your kids safe, and we have focused a lot on gun safety, and I was going to talk some now about car safety and water safety, but if you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, um, you know, we talked, like I said, a lot about gun safety, and so maybe you have some comments about um, gun safety and what you can do to keep your kids safe at your house or uh, maybe your grandkids, uh, some of your experiences that you've had with talking to your children about gun safety and some of the things that you have implemented in your house. I would love to hear that. And we will go to our caller, Craig, who's in Biloxi. Good morning, Craig. What's going on? Hey, uh, I recently taught a teenager how to shoot an air, air rifle or like a BB gun. And one of the first things I taught him besides your standard gun safety is that you don't carry it around anywhere and if the police tell you you tell you to put it down they will shoot you if you if you don't do that and so will a private citizen so you you still have to you you have to that that is an issue and uh and what do you think about uh, the graphic video games and uh in being desensitized to violence. I mean, some of them are pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like what you said earlier, though, just about the air guns and BB guns, um, you're exactly right, because a lot of those can look like true real guns. And not to mention, people can get hurt with those. I've seen a lot of people... Um, get shot in the chest with those and have to come into the hospital because it can get it can get pretty bad uh, what they can damage so you got to be careful with that even if it is just a bb gun you can still get pretty hurt with that not to mention like you said they look like a real gun so that's something else to think about Um, i think you bring up a wonderful point with the violence that we see in video games and tv shows um, movies you know it's it's kind of glorified in a lot of these things and to say that it's not playing a factor into some of the violence that we see in our kids. I think I think that's a, there's no way you can say it's not playing a role in it, um, because as the increase in violence in video games and movies and the access that our kids have to this, um, we've definitely seen a rise in the violence in our children and in the gun in the gun violence in particular. So I definitely think it's playing a role as a like true statistics, I don't know any off the top of my head, and I didn't necessarily find any um, when I was kind of reviewing some of the stuff about this. But I just don't know how you couldn't say it's playing a role in it, just with the way the world has changed um, and what our kids are exposed to. Since they came out with video games, you know, decades ago, so it's 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 been up in the air. Yeah, I think you get desensitized to. to even seeing things like that. And then when, when you look at something, when you look at a person, you don't see them as a person anymore. You will see them as a, uh, as a target, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely th- agree with the desensitization to it. Because, I mean, like I said, it's just it's everywhere now. Our kids are exposed to it constantly. So, yeah, they definitely are desensitized to it, for sure. Yeah, I mean, well, it is a violent world. I, I mean, and we do have to have some... I mean, I mean, look at the people that are going into the schools and stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it's almost political, but, you know, you're trying to save your life. So so it, you have to find a balance there somewhere, and I don't have the answers. Right. Yeah, I don't think. You know, I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm a senior. I don't have the answers. I mean, I don't think there is an answer, but, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah, I think it's going to have to be some kind of compromise, you know, like not necessarily take away everybody's guns because I feel like, you know, you have a right for that. But we've got to find some kind of, like you said, something has to be done. I don't know exactly what needs to be done. I think some we're just going to have to learn to compromise um, and come up with a plan where we can keep our citizens and, and most importantly, our kids safe from the guns. Um, I don't have the right answer either. I don't know anybody does. So that's why I think it's going to have to have a lot of people coming together and making a compromise when it comes to this. But thank you, Craig, for calling. We appreciate it. So we're talking today about how to keep our kids safe. And we've talked a lot about gun safety, but we're going to kind of transition into car safety. But um, if you have any comments about gun safety, I would love to hear from you. And just to kind of piggyback off Craig, and I already mentioned this a little bit, um, but, you know, with the violence that we see in video games and movies and TVs, I mean, our kids are so exposed to this, like we talked about. And and this is why it's important as parents to be monitoring what your kids are seeing and what they're taking in. Um, you know, we talk about social media and you need to watch your kids and what they're, what they're doing on social media, which, of course, is extremely important. And I definitely recommend that, too. Um, but we kind of forget about, you know, like Craig said, you get a little desensitized to it because we kind of forget about video games and the movies and the TV shows that our kids are exposed to um, because there has been such a push for the internet and social media. Um, So that's something that we want to make sure that we're thinking about too with our kids um, and what they are seeing on the TV and in the movie theater um, and the video games that they're playing because, oh my goodness, video games is is a big thing these days. Um, uh, kids are just sucked into video games, and it's hard to um, – you got to break that cycle that we're seeing a lot with our kids with the video games. I, I don't ever remember it being like that when I was a kid. Granted, Nintendo was pretty new when I was younger, um, and I never had one, so I never really got sucked into that whole thing. Um, but I know it is – It's we're seeing it more and more with our kids Um getting into those video games and not getting outside and playing like we should. So so I think he, he brought up a good point, and I appreciate his call. And we've got a couple of callers, so we will go to Clarence, who's in Jackson. Hey, Clarence, are you there? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, what's going on? Um, I was just saying that the solution to the gun problem is not difficult. It's not complicated. It's not complex. It's extremely simple. It's just that we don't want to take that simple solution. And that is, yes, people use guns because guns are available. If we reduce the availability of guns, then we reduce gun violence in America. I I can't disagree with you there, Clarence. Um, I mean, yeah, so reducing the availability, still keeping it a potential option, but reducing the availability, I think, is is a strong point for sure. And there's not an intelligent, logical reason why people should have assault weapons on the streets of our cities. Think about People about uh, talking about all the laws they want to change, they want to implement. How many laws that people are proposing would have stopped Adam Lanza from killing students at Sandy Hook? The question is zero, because all those guns that he used were purchased legally. Legally, I know. The only thing that would have stopped him, the only thing that would have stopped him was not having the availability of guns. A lot of people don't remember, but at the same time when Adam Lanza went into Sandy Hook to shoot and kill students, Another student had the exact same idea, but unlike Adam Lanza, he did not have the availability of the gun. So what did he do? He took knives and went into a school and began to stab children. He stabbed about 20 children. Nobody died, and you don't hear about that story on the news, but it happened shortly after Sandy Hook. Hmm. Think about this also. We've had over 100 mass shootings in America so far this year. 
how many mass shootings have there been in Japan since 1974? I'm, I'm going to say not many, but I don't know. Zero. Wow. Do the research, you'll find they've had zero mass shootings since 1974 in Japan. Why? Because guns are not available in Japan. You can get a gun, you can own a gun, but you have to go through so much to get it that very few people go through that. So as a result, uh, guns are not available in Japan the way they are here in America. Now, the choice would be, do you want to save the lives of your children? Do you want to save the lives of your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren? And, or do you want to keep guns? As long as we love our pistols, more than we love our people, our people will continue to die. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you, Clarence. Um, that was a very powerful call, and I appreciate it. Um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, um, and I know that's kind of a hard and touchy subject, so some people may have some other comments about it, but I, um, I appreciate you sharing your opinion, and I think that was a very strong uh, statement that you made at the end um, that I think it would be hard to disagree with. So I appreciate you calling and sharing your comments with us. Uh, we'll go next to David, who's in Jackson. Good morning, David. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Well, I just uh, I caught just the last bit of what that person had to say, uh, Clarence, and it's, it's exactly right. If you look at every industrialized country in the world, we are the only ones that have this severe gun problem and gun death and gun injury problem uh, because we make them so available, and they're easy to get, they're easy to carry. You can take them increasingly anywhere without training, without a permit, and it's just crazy. If you look at the numbers, more guns do not make anybody safer. They make it much more dangerous. Or Mississippi, by the way, has one of the highest, and for a long time the highest, accidental uh, and children's gun death rate in the country. We have the uh, some of the, uh, the least enforcement. We have... Anyway, it's it's a it's a problem here. If we if we if more guns made you safer, we wouldn't be at the top of the list, but we are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, like I said, it, it's a hard subject because here in the South, you know, guns are so prevalent. Uh, just because we just have a you know a hunting population and um, and different you know different reasons, I guess if you look back to history. But like you said, we, we've got to have some type of regulation on it uh, because we can't have these available uh, because clearly there is something that is going on. Uh, something is happening with the avail- that the what is the term I'm trying to look at uh, trying to say, but just the wide availability that our kids have to these guns um, and the increase in the school shootings, almost 400 school shootings over the past 20 something years. Uh, you can't say there's not a correlation. So, you know, I agree with you, David, and I agree with Clarence, too. I mean, something's got to be done about the availability of these guns. So I appreciate y'all calling and sharing your comments. Uh, we've got some more callers on the line, and we'll go next to Brenda, who's in Poplarville. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Uh, I did want to make a comment about pellet guns that a lot of parents will give to a fairly young child, thinking they're harmless. Uh, and one of the things that the child will do with those is go out and shoot songbirds, which I believe is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, creature comforts people could probably answer that. Uh, But more importantly, there was an incident several years ago in Mississippi where a young boy had been given a pellet gun for Christmas, 
and uh, his two-year-old sister opened the door to enter his room, and he shot her and killed her. Mm. Uh, because, as you know, she's two, her body is very small, and if you strike a two-year-old with a pellet gun uh, in just the right place, um, it can be lethal, mm. and that's what happened. Um, so I would think twice before giving a small child a pellet gun, and I would make sure that they knew not to ever point it at a person and fire it. I, every time I think about that, my heart aches for those parents and, and for that young boy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all. That's my comment. Yeah, and I've mentioned, like, I we saw a lot of kids come into the ER when I was doing my training with, like, BB gun and pellet gun injuries, like, to the chest uh, because they'll have a lot of that, and sometimes they'll even get, like, lodged in there um, and I've seen a ton of eye injuries uh, with BB guns and pellet guns as well because that's a I don't know what it is about the eyes but that is one place that we see a lot of the injuries happen with those so they are not benign little toys you do have to be extremely careful with that so thank you for calling and shedding light on that we appreciate it you are welcome Take care. Bye-bye. yes ma'am we'll go next to Mike and Madison good morning Mike good morning uh yeah, accessibility, I agree, that it is a problem with folks who shouldn't have firearms or, or don't know about them, uh, shouldn't have access to them. But more so, I'm thinking a lot of the mass shootings are carried out by folks who have given up hope. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody in their life that recognizes that. Uh, and I'm hoping that we have more ways that we can put people up to resources to help them when they get to that, if they get that low in life, uh, then they're, they're going to be at risk for harm to themselves or others. And uh, if they have a medical home, their loved ones need to let their uh, medical home physician, nurse practitioner, whoever, know so they can try to help them get connected. Or um, uh, if they know that a person uh, has reached some point of hopelessness, then reach out to them or mm-hmm. try to reach out to a helpline. There are there are helplines all across the country uh, available to anybody who called the number. Yeah. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, um, the mental health crisis that we're facing in our nation, too. And, you know, I've, that's an argument I feel like we hear a lot, too. And uh, people will say, you know, I've heard the comment many a times, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Well, if this is... If this is a mental, I mean, you know, if this is people kill people, it's like you said, because they need help. Um, they need somebody to help them with their mental health crisis. And and if that's the case, then not only do we need gun legislation, but we also need mental health legislation as well. Um, and the same people who are not who are voting for guns are not protecting our mental health, too. And that's another topic for another day. Um, but I think you bring up a wonderful point with that, too, is is a lot of these people do have mental health crises that we're seeing. Um, particularly with these school shootings, and this is something else that needs to be addressed as well. So, thank you for bringing that yeah. up. Okay, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Th- there is a constitutional right to bear arms. I, I know, uh, and mental health is not specifically spelled out in the Constitution. But you know what? If we love our fellow man as a society, we'll address that. Yes, sir. If we can send a person to the moon. We ought to be able to increase accessibility uh, for mental health. And then, you know, uh, the thing about 
guns don't, uh, people don't kill people, or guns don't kill people, like, how's that go? Yeah, anyway. guns don't kill people, people kill people. Right. Uh, the, the gun doesn't as long as nobody's pulling the trigger. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. so let's focus on that. Yes, Anyway, exactly. that's all I got. Yeah, thank you, Mike, for calling. Um like I said, that's that's such a great topic, and shoot, we could do a whole other show on that um, and the importance of mental health and uh, the mental crisis, mental health crisis that our country is facing. But uh, you can't talk about gun safety without bringing that up. So I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate your call, and we'll go next to Ruth, who's in Yazoo. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. Um, I've always assumed that hunters practice gun safety. But now I'm, I'm questioning that. We have a lot of hunting so-called accidents. But uh, like a very popular, well-loved young man uh, leaned his loaded rifle against the house, and it started, it slipped and fell and, and killed him when he tried to catch it. Mm-hmm. It was a very horrible thing, and I'm sure we all know somebody who knows somebody who was in a hunting accident. So how are it? But, you know, an accident is unavoidable. It is avoidable uh, not to prop a gun up against a building or a car or something. But I see this when I watch the Mississippi broadcast of uh, The Outdoor Life. I see the hunters propping their loaded guns against a vehicle or something. And so to keep your kids safe, I would question who they're going hunting with Mm -hmm. and... Um, and then uh, on that topic, I, I saw an argument that uh, we need um, these automatic rifles to kill the wild hogs because they're in Mississippi because they're destroying farmland and su- such. Well, I looked it up, and those wild hogs were imported originally, and of course they multiply really quickly. And I suggest anyone debating the gun issues to follow the money. Mm. And according to the articles, uh, these landowners that have the wild hogs, they get paid a ton of money to let the hunters go on their, on their property and use those automatic uh, rifles to kill the hogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't know much about that topic, but that's interesting. I'll have to do some research about it. But yeah, you're right. Um, how we just how we talked about how it's important if your child is going to go to a friend or a family member's house, you want to ask them about do they have guns in the house and how they are stored and locked and all of that. It's the same thing with hunting. I think you bring up a good point. Um, you know, if your kid is going to go hunting with somebody, you want to make sure that they are taking all the precautions and they know what to do with gun safety as well, and they're make sure they're teaching that to your children. So, yeah, thanks for calling and sharing that because we, we definitely live in a hunting community, um, so our kids are going hunting all the time. So thanks for bringing that to light. Um, we'll go next to Jennifer in Memphis. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's going on um, this morning? I just wanted to make um, a comment towards the conversation you had about two calls ago regarding mental health and guns. There are a lot of us out there with mental health problems who are absolutely med compliant and who would never, ever hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. And I think to take the rights away from everyone, 
who has a mental health problem is a little extreme. And we need to realize that not everybody who does shootings has mental health health problems, that there are also just a lot of really bad people out there. No, I think you definitely bring up a good point, and that's, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I don't know that anybody has the perfect answer for this solution. Um, I definitely do not, uh, because there are a lot of people who struggle with depression and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and other mental health, uh, you know, processes that are very well controlled, like you said, own medication. So it can't just be a end-all, be-all with uh, if you do have a medical health condi- a mental health condition. It's more of um, we got to figure out a way to safely get it out of the hands of patients who are not controlled. Um, but like you said, it's not just mental health. It's it's other people. It's personality disorders, too, and, and things like that that can be involved with the situation. So it's not a black and white issue, unfortunately. It's, it's not a one way or the other. We're going to have to figure out a compromise somehow. But thank you for calling and sharing that, Jennifer, because I think you bring a whole other side to it because there's probably lots of other people out there who are on medications for depression or maybe on medications for bipolar disorder and feel the same way as you. Their, their conditions are very well controlled, and um, they should have the same rights as you and I. It's just the way it is. So it's there's no real right or wrong answer. And um, like I said, this is a very touchy subject, and I appreciate everybody calling in and weighing in on it. But I think the, the broader picture that I wanted to bring up with this is just how to make sure we keep our kids safe. Um, And so if this is something that you feel strongly about, which I think we've got a lot of people who do feel strongly about it, and me included, um, this is the time to reach out, talk to your senators, talk to your representatives, um, talk to the legislature about how you feel and what you can do. Because again, there's no right or wrong. I mean, there's no black or white answer to this. We're going to have to come up with a way to compromise and come up with a plan to keep our kids safe. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can. If you do have guns in the house, like we talked about earlier, how to keep our kids safe. So I appreciate everybody's calls, comments. Um, this has been a great discussion. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Our show was engineered by Jay White. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.